1: Welcome to the Ever Black Podcast. On this episode we talked to Monica Strutt from The Last Mato, who'll be releasing their epic new EP Creatrix on April 26th. Uh Monica's probably one of my favorite people uh in the industry and she's just uh just really fun to talk to. She had heaps to say about the making of the EP, the, the video for fear, and uh we spoke about our love of the divinals and butcher babies and uh, just heaps more just really fun chat and everyone should check out the last martyr they're just such a kick-ass band and uh yeah go support them uh and the band are also on the lineup for the us festival which is being held this saturday april 6th at the oxford art factory in sydney other bands on the bill are between you and me stateside the dead love red hook arteries and just uh heaps more tickets for that one are on sale now through usfest.com.au And we'll be raising funds for Girls Rock Sydney, which is uh, just a really good cause. All right, before we go into the interview with Monica, we have to mention that this episode is brought to you by Blacklight Art and Design, who are our go-to for all our screen printing needs. They've done all our hats and shirts for EverBlack Media, and they've got a really, really great turnaround. Shout-out to Karen and Buzz. Love your work, guys. You're always onto it. Uh, www.blacklightad.com.au. This show is also brought to you by our good friends at RW Promotion who are the best in the biz when it comes to stickers, flyers, banners, badges and all other promo you need for your band or business. Go uh, say day to Rich and the uh, team there at www.rwpromotion.com.au and uh, get yourself some stickers or some banners. They, uh, they make kick-ass banners. Also, uh, shout out to Lumberpunks Axe Throwing Club, who now have two venues in Queensland. One in Miami on the Gold Coast, and the other in West End in Brisbane. Lumberpunks Axe Throwing Club is a perfect destination, suitable for solo adventures, date nights, bucks nights, birthday parties, or just hanging out with the crew. Uh, all sessions are 1.5 hours in length, and comprise of a safety induction, instruction on tactical tomahawks and hatchets, and then competitive play. Now, if you quote EverBlack in your booking notes, you'll receive 10% off your session, uh, which is awesome. Terms and conditions apply. Shout out to those guys. Thanks for uh, putting on a a good time. It's always fun throwing axes and blowing off steam. Uh, Legends, total legends. Uh, Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube and EverBlack podcast through iTunes. Uh, Leave some reviews, help us out. Helps us keep going. So uh, thank you very much, guys. All right. Here is my interview with the one and only Monica Strutt from The Last Martyr. Enjoy.
2: Monica, thanks for joining us on the show. How's how's things going?
3: Pretty good. Pretty good. Excited to play our first show happening in under two weeks now. It's coming up
2: quick, isn't it?
3: It is. I know. It's been kind of planned in the works for a little while so yeah we're really really excited and we've been a band for just over a year now I think and this is our first show because we've kind of been concentrating on building online and recording and doing all of that Mm. so yeah we're just busting to get on stage finally.
2: Well and of course uh your band The Last Martyr you're about to release your debut EP Creatrix on April 26th and uh We've had a little bit of a taste of it with the single Fear, which is just absolutely fantastic. How are you guys feeling about that, that side of things as well?
3: Yeah, really excited. Um, these songs are, they're quite eclectic. All of them have their own sort of personality, but we think that they all tie in well together. So yeah, we've released three singles so far and we've got two more to make up the EP, and they're quite different. So, yeah, just super pumped to see how they're going to be received, I guess.
2: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, the, you did release those. They are going to be on Creatrix, aren't there? other things?
3: Yeah, yeah. we were okay, kind of cool. doing the single thing for a while, and then we thought, no, we want to have a body of work out there, so went with the EP.
2: Ah, excellent, excellent, because I thought it was separate. I thought they were released as separate entities completely yeah. like, well, all together. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, what's the meaning behind the title, creatrix
3: so a creatrix is someone who i guess creates their own reality i suppose Mm. um so yeah to dive super deep straight away (laughs) Um, a a lot of the songs have kind of a theme about creation and evolving and um embracing the darkness in order to see the light and you know everything that i try and write has um a positive spin on it so yeah creatrix kind of it's one of the songs on the EP and it's actually the last song and it's kind of um, the most upbeat song on the EP and it's also the one where we all like do vocals on. So the boys are both... um, the guitarist and the bass player are screaming on it and all of us do gang vocals. And it's kind of, yeah, it kind of just was the perfect track to kind of round off the EP um, because we're all involved and also because the subject matter kind of summed it up. So, Mm. yeah.
2: Will that be ending your set live as well? Um,
3: yeah, yeah. So that's on Creatrix it's actually got like pretty hectic outro where we're all singing and then the music kind of fades out. So yeah, it was it can only be played last, I think, both on the E P and live. So yeah, hopefully it goes down well. With
2: the uh the video for the single Fear, you know, that was shot by her name is Murder Productions, who have just a ton of amazing work. But you know, who came up with the concept for that?
3: Yeah, so it was kind of a collaboration between us and um, Dave, who's the um, the, the director. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of came with him. I've known him for years and years, so I know what he's capable of in terms of his style. And um, I worked with him in my old band. And um, yeah, so I was really excited to... We kind of chatted a lot, actually, about this video um, in developing these concepts, but... Yeah, he, we um, sort of started with the motif of a mirror and a projector and he kind of just expanded from there and then came up with a whole bunch of different ideas for scenes and it was quite a lot of work. It took 12 hours to shoot and we ended up at like 11 p.m. back in my <laughs> my place, <Yeah>. like <laughs> it, in a milk bath, like makeup running everywhere and like she's literally having to like balance on the bath while like my partner's like holding one of the lights. It was absolutely hilarious. Um, But, yeah, definitely well worth the time that he put into it. I'm really, really happy with how it turned out.
2: Yeah, it came out amazing.
3: Yeah, yeah. I I haven't actually seen a clip like it. Like, he's just so inventive in the way he, like, kind of incorporates, like, that 90s vintage sort of style, but then with the ultra, ultra modern crisp HD. He calls it vintage HD, which is pretty clever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cool.
2: It looks like a lot of work did go into the video. You know, you can see it there. And I, I guess a lot of people don't actually realize that, you know, if they haven't made one, how much work actually does go into it. I mean, I find that, you know, it's more taxing than actually playing live. By the end of the day, you're you just, you're done.
3: Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, with, I mean, there's positives and negatives to doing videos that have mostly narrated him. So I remember with the first video, Into the Black, which is like sort of our first release that we put out there, that was pretty much... live scenes and so you're just like playing as a band over and over again and it's so exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one was more like mentally draining because, I mean, the song is pretty dark and it was a pretty dark video clip and having to do more, not necessarily acting because obviously you're just playing yourself, but having to really think about, I mean, for me personally, having to think about the lyrics and trying to convey um, like the energy of what the song's about, I suppose, over and over in front of the camera and just putting the trust in Dave as well that he was going to be able to capture that and get the right shots. And then, um, because, I mean, we, you know, obviously we're, you know, an unsigned band and, um, he's just like pretty much a one man show and we had like one sort of assistant there as soon as our scenes would be over, we'd all be kind of working as a team to hurry up and change themes in order to, like, get the other one done because, yeah, as I said, we had just so many themes to work through. Um, but all of us just kind of, like, pulled it together and he was like, wow, you guys are, like, you're really making this work. And, um, yeah, it was just, um, yeah, such a good day in that respect.
2: Have you got another one planned? Have you got any follow-up clips planned for this EP?
3: Yeah, well... I'm kind of hoping that we'll do a video for the song Creatrix. Mm. Um, we haven't finalised that, but I think if we do, it will be coming out sort of after the release and after we do our EP launch, which is happening in May.
2: Where were you playing? Where's the uh, show?
3: Yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of been loosely announced, but we, um, we're we yet to sort of fully announce it, but it, it's definitely out there, so I can say... Um, The EP launch is going to be on the 4th of May, and that's going to be happening. It's kind of like a a dual EP slash um, album launch with our friends Dark Cell, who are coming down from Queensland. Oh, Uh, yes,
0: Jessie.
3: Yeah. Yeah, oh, my God. I'm so excited. Like, I met them all ages ago. I'm pretty sure at least I met a couple of them. And uh, we've been trying to hook up a show for ages and so, yeah, when they came down, to when they said they were coming down to Melbourne due to their album launch, I was like, hell yeah, this is going to be awesome. I'm trying to, like, convince them to do a duet, so.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, cool.
3: <laughs> that might be cool, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, that should be fun. And then, yeah, we've got Us Fest happening in Sydney. That's our official first show on the 6th of April, uh, back in my hometown. So, yeah, that's the two that we've got lined up so far. We, you've actually
2: managed to gain the attention of people in the industry internationally as well, like uh, Heidi from Butcher Babies. I've, I'm a huge Butcher Baby. I love that band yes. so much.
3: Oh, my God. They're
2: so good. Did she reach out to you?
3: Not really. We got kind of nominated because she was looking for um, for bands, I guess, was posting on her Instagram and was kind of curating, um, like, the, the Women That Slay playlist that she has mm. on Spotify and um uh, or well, sisters actually, sorry. Um, and yeah, we just got nominated and she like put us on the playlist and that was really, really cool because to be honest, like I was never interested in learning to scream or screaming until Butcher Babies came along and they were probably the first women that I personally could relate to. I mean, a lot of the girls um in metal that I knew of, you know, they were all sort of more gothic-looking and corsets, and that's just not really my style. I'm kind of a bit of a rock chick. And yeah. so when the Butcher Babies came along and they were, you know, having fun on stage and they were happy and um, had these amazing, powerful screams, I was just like, hell yeah, I want to do that. So, yeah, to have her put us on her playlist is, yeah, so massive.
2: They're phenomenal. I, You know what? I would love to see them tour Australia again because they, they've only been here for Soundwave. You guys yeah. would be an awesome tour.
3: Oh my god, that would be an absolute <laughs> dream come true. I'm trying to like think positively in that one because they are due to um to come out to Australia. I think yeah, when they were here for Soundwave, I think they played like one side show in Melbourne. But that yeah, that was just so many years ago now.
2: Oh, it was. I I remember. Yeah, I remember that show it was just phenomenal. So yeah, put that out there into the universe. That would be sick.
3: That'd yeah. be so cool. <laughs> trying to make it happen
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you did mention USFest before which it looks like it's just going to be an absolute blast but the message behind it is also uh pretty important uh for a lot of people so uh, tell us a bit about that
3: yeah so USFest is a really interesting um festival it was actually put together by two of my girlfriends um eddie mac and um, tiana um who i've known for years and years and you know, when I catch up with those girls and many women in the industry, we often talk about, obviously, the, the subject of equality comes up mm. and, um, obviously, equality doesn't just, um, pertain to women in music. It's members of the LGBT community. Um, and, yeah, like, us first, I think, are uh, one of the first events that I've seen where I really think that they're doing it, like, promoting equality in the right way. Like, there are plenty of um, events and festivals that kind of, you know, women in music festivals. I remember playing like women of rock and metal, <laughs> like back yeah, yeah. in my old band. And whilst um, I fully understand their intention of putting on festivals that aim to showcase women in metal um, and heavy genres, I personally, I've always been of the belief, to put it bluntly, that those kind of, um, events actually segregate us further. I'd much yeah. rather a festival like Usfest actually normalizes non-male identifying band members in, in, by putting everyone sort of all together and they're raising money for Girls Rock, which is absolutely incredible as well. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just such a, such a cool thing. And I hope that there's more. <laughs>
2: Do you feel that there's, you know, there is a positive change happening in the industry right now in regards to equality?
3: Oh, my God, yes. You can you can really see the music industry stepping up. I mean, all the festivals of the last year and a half to two years, I would say. I really kind of give, um, you know, like members with, with non-male, I mean, bands with non-male members kind of that step up um, in terms of, oh, what is it, like Good Things and Unify and Download. They're really trying to, yeah, give (laughs) bands with non-male members that leg up. And whilst a lot of people say, oh, no, you obviously shouldn't put certain bands on a bill just to fill a quota, um, there is a responsibility to look at bands and see how hard they've worked because, I don't know, it doesn't make a difference what gender you identify with. You know, if you put in the work and... Um, you know everyone deserves that spot and I just remember a couple of years ago in my old band to be fair like we really did struggle getting certain opportunities because my old band was a hard rock metal band and all all that was around at the time fronted by a female were pop punk bands and I hate pop punk like that's just (laughs) not me at all and it really made me you know especially when you're in your 20s like you really question your identity and I felt this pressure. I was like, shit, do I have to just start wearing Converse and jeans? Like, I was, you know, wearing short shorts and mm. um teasing my hair at the time and I just didn't look anything like the girls that I saw playing live or being, you know, Paramore was probably the only band out there that was having any sort of massive success. And then later came Hailstorm, which was a really amazing role model for me. Um, So to see, um, you know, to see so many bands with so much diversity across all genres... Um, being given these opportunities is just so so important. Um, yeah, for the for the industry and of course the cause of equality.
2: I agree. I think in the next year or two, it's definitely it's going to be a very big positive change.
3: Yeah, I think in a yeah. couple of years we won't even hopefully be having the conversation. So I mean, obviously important to talk about, but I still get awkward yeah. talk, talking about it. To be honest, because on one hand, you never want to, like, play a victim and or anything like that. Yeah. And it's also sometimes a bit difficult to explain um, to people that maybe necessarily haven't necessarily experienced it. But, yeah. yeah, it's all it's all changed for the better. And, yeah, in a couple of years, I think it's going to be completely different.
2: Totally agree. Bring it on. Bring it on. That's what I say. <laughs> and, of course, uh, you know, you wrote an open letter in regards to it all, you know, mentioning Chrissy Amplett, which... She was just a phenomenal, you know, force in music. You know, how... Where did that, your love for, like, the and, and Chrissy come from?
3: So my dad gave me her biography when I was in year 12, I think it was. I think it came out around 2006 or maybe just before, but I got it um, when I was about 17. Mm. And I actually, I'd heard the song Pleasure and Pain and I'd touched myself, but I didn't really know a lot about Divinals. And once I read the book... And I sort of, it was it was kind of cool because I got to know sort of who they were before I even really heard a lot of their music. And it, it gave this sort of really unique perspective to, to their music. And I guess she was a woman who was extremely strong, <laughs> strong-willed and determined. Yeah. She owned her sexuality. She wasn't anyone's play toy or novelty or anything like that. And I really resonated with that because I... To be honest, like hadn't really heard of another Australian woman like her, and I think her lyrics are so raw and honest, and the way she performs is just—it's—it's it's art. <laughs> so, like, yeah, in my opinion, so yeah, she was definitely a massive influence.
2: So I know recently that this is probably a bit controversial to talk to talk about, but I know that um, you know, they tried to do the uh, the tribute tour, and I think yeah, they got. To, I can't remember her name, but um great vocalist, but she didn't have that that edge that 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 Chrissy had you know it was that yeah, there was something missing, and I don't think that's something that's easily replaced, even in a tribute situation, you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, I guess um, I, you know I I have um, a girlfriend who lives over in LA and she's a massive Chrissy Amplett fan. Like, has her face tattooed on her and everything. Wow! And I, we're kind of talking about it, and I was thinking because what, like, I was thinking about why were people getting so angry? I mean, obviously you can't replace Chrissy. She was a very um, mm. unique unique performer, but I think the main reason why that tour didn't work, and I'm pretty sure it got cancelled, didn't it?
2: Yes.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure why that wouldn't have worked is not even just for you know the fact that you can't replace Chrissy's vocal ability or performance because obviously that's unique. I mean, but Mark McKenzie is an amazing guitarist, and Absolutely. they had such amazing. You know, Rick Crossman um, was you know such an amazing bass player and everything. He was one of my um, uni lecturers. He was probably like the reason why I chose to like study music because ah. <laughs> I was doing yeah. I was play- playing bass at the time. But I think, I think why that didn't work was it was more what Chrissy Amplett stood for, mm-hmm. and why that was so important to people, um, not to sort of replace her in that way. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Yeah, but, uh, it's funny. Like, I think you know the intention behind it was it was quite honourable because they wanted to you know pay tribute to her.
3: Yeah. But,
2: you know maybe maybe it should have been you know a few different vocalists going out, the, you know what I mean, or something? I don't know.
3: Yeah, and it's still kind of fresh, although I don't know how many yeah. years it's been now, maybe like five years, but to me, that's that's still fresh and yeah, you're right, I think if they'd done it with a couple of different vocalists, it wouldn't have been so weird. I don't know.
2: I think Sarah McLeod would have been a good choice, actually.
3: Yeah, that would have been cool, Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. But anyway, back to your band, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Could probably talk to you uh, all day
3: about you know, <laughs> right? You
2: know, yeah. Uh, of course. Uh, what are your plans for uh, the rest of the year? You got the launch happening, EP coming out. What's uh, what's cooking in the background?
3: Yeah, so we want to focus this year purely on playing live um, as a band that's been together a year and just playing their first sort of shows now. Even though there's been a lot happening behind the scenes, um, we just want to spend the rest of the year. Just playing shows. I think we've got another one coming up in June, which might be announced soon. Um but yeah, I mean at the moment all our focus is sort of towards us best in Sydney and then our EP launch. But yeah, just the rest of the show we just wanna I mean, the rest of the year we just wanna play as many shows as we can because <laughs> we really missed it.
2: In Queensland? Is there one?
3: That you? would be that would be awesome. You know what? I would love to play Big Sound. <laughs> um that's always such a good time. I was there a couple of years ago and it was just such good vibes. And I love the fact that Brisbane has so many like music venues all on that one street and just off that one street. Like you can just walk from venue to venue. It's so cool.
2: Yeah. And it's getting better. I feel like it's getting better up here. Yeah. In Brisbane. So, and the Gold Coast, we've got Vinnie's Dive as well. Oh yeah. pretty awesome. You got, you know, that's an
3: option. Is Shark Bar still there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shark Bar's
2: still going. Yeah. Actually, they got <laughs> uh, thirty-six crazy fish and super heist uh from Crosses to collapse the plane there. Oh, that's
3: nice. Right. So awesome. yeah.
2: So it is. It's still.
3: You know, we're getting there.
2: We're getting in Queensland. You know, not like <laughs> New South Wales. So.
3: No, I mean it's probably yeah. doing a lot better than Sydney.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate! Best of luck to those dudes. That's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> I left Sydney. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna move to Melbourne, so
2: which is awesome. I mean, did you go to a uh, download festival?
3: I did, yeah. Um, download was awesome. It's like, I can't believe I saw Slayer and Anthrax and Judas Priest all in the same day. Like, that was just so much metal.
2: <laughs> oh, it was the best,
3: yeah. The Sydney one, or
2: I went to, yeah, I went to the one in Parramatta and it was nice, um, unreal. So, what was your highlight?
3: Ooh I, so I saw Fever 333 and I'd never heard of them really before. never heard their music and everyone just kept saying to me, oh, you have to see Fever 333. And so I headed over, I was with um Alex from Drown the City and she was like, oh, everyone keeps telling me to see this band. I was like, oh my God, me too. And so we both headed over there and holy shit, they were good. That were definitely the highlight for me. Like to see a band that you haven't even heard any of their music, like don't know anything about them and to be that, sort of blown away by their live show. Like, their guitarist was, like, scaling, um, you know, scaling the roof and climbing up all the scaffold and throwing his guitar down, smashed to a million pieces. It was very rock and roll.
2: And that's a quite a, that's quite a special experience. You don't get to, you know, go see a band that you haven't heard before and get blown away like that these days, I don't think.
3: Like, yeah. You know, don't yeah, know, it's hard. Now. Totally, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, well, I like Slaves. Slaves were my highlight. You know, the UK band. Okay.
3: Yeah. I mean I didn't get to catch them but I've heard really good things.
2: Yeah, that was unreal and Code Orange. That was probably the most intense thing I've ever seen in my life.
3: Yes. I've only heard I've heard a couple of their songs. I was actually meaning to catch them, but I think I had a clash at the time. Oh that's awesome.
2: Yeah, they were sick. They were sick. Yeah. But, uh, uh yeah, yeah, well Monica, thank you so much again for uh hanging out on the show with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh you know, April twenty sixth, Creatrix.
3: Oh so yeah. yeah, pre. Pre-order it now on iTunes. Go get it.
2: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for taking the time, man.
0: Cool. Thanks, Nev. That's awesome. Planning on traveling this summer?